Welcome to the Rise Inside podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and powered by Rise Robotics. Listen as host Justin talks to experts from the Rise team about topics relating to mechanical engineering, industrial design, commercialization, and innovation. True collaborations work when ideas are integrated at inception to solve significant problems. Rise Inside brings together how the team continues to work with great folks to commercialize ideas. You're listening to the Rise Inside podcast. Here is your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to Rise Inside. My name is Justin Starbird, and today I am thrilled to welcome two guests to the podcast. Welcome back, uh, Kurt Walker from Anthony Liftgates and Tom Bagwell from Peterson Trucks. Welcome, guys. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, uh, really happy to have both of you on. Um, it, you know, we've got a unique partnership between the, the three companies, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but before we jump into, you know, that, um, Kurt, tell me a little bit about uh, Anthony Liftgates and and what your role there is. Yeah, uh, Anthony Liftgates is uh, a family-owned uh, Liftgate manufacturer, and uh, we sell our own stuff as well. Uh, in we are based in Pontiac, Illinois. Um, my role uh, originally started out in more of sales and marketing, and it's gradually sort of turned into a product management role. Um, the way I think of what I do, uh, wear a lot of different hats, but I just think of my role as keeping the company busy five to 10 years out. That's what I'm trying to do most of the time. That's a, that's a good outlook. We always want to keep a healthy pipeline. Tom, tell me a little bit about uh, Peterson Trucks and, and your role there. Sure. My name is Tom Bagwell. I'm the executive vice president of Peterson Trucks. Been here about 20 years. And, uh, you know, Peterson Trucks is, uh, you know, we have 10 locations. We're an international dealer that also runs Idealis. And we're owned by a, the cat dealer, Peterson Cat, which has been around for 85 years. And in our locations, Oregon, Oregon, California, our cat store has some in Southern Washington, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really, um, we're just, a, we're still growing 85 years into this. We're still growing. What is the secret to success? You think? Uh, well, it's, uh, you want Kurt to take that one? <laughs> well, you guys have both, uh, you both come from companies that have been around for a long time. Um, and I think it's, it's a pretty neat, uh, you know, coming from the rise side, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're relatively new in terms of uh, looking at uh, the generational uh, companies that each of you come from. So it would be, you know, that wasn't necessarily on my list of things to talk about today, but actually it's a real, real um, important, I think, as we look as look forward to some of this growth. Sure. Uh, well, I'll start off with that one. At, at Peterson, it's what attracted me. I was a customer for six years before I came aboard. And it's 100%, it's the culture and the people. Um, you can go from company to company, but what happens is how, the most important thing is how people treat each other and how well and engaged the people are in terms of doing good stuff. And at, at Peterson, you know, it, it goes back to, I would say uh, our vision, which is, you know, we help, we, <laughs> in good times, in good times, uh, you know, with between tractors and our generator division, which runs is power systems and trucks. In good times, we build infrastructure. And in challenging times, like wildfires and brownouts and all that kind of stuff, we we protect infrastructure. 
So it's having a sense of purpose in what we do, learning how to treat each other great, hiring people that want to get stuff done. Um, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible company. That's really neat, Kurt. What what is your what are your thoughts on that? Oh, Anthony's secret secret to success over the years. I've I've given some thought to this a few times. Um, you know, a lot a lot of companies focus singularly on profit. And uh, I think when you're a smaller family-owned company, you don't have to do that. You get to make decisions that maybe, uh, you know, maybe a little different than your, you know, when your sole goal is to make profit. We, you know, we want to make a great product. We like having happy customers, and uh, we like treating people right. You know, like people, not like resources. And uh, when you kind of balance all that together, obviously profitability is important. But we like making great products, and that's kind of what we focus on. And then uh, let the money come after. Yeah, and just to add to that. that uh... You know, I, I think that's one of the things that makes Peterson really connected with Anthony. It, it's not just about winning, you know, winning on the financial line. It's also how you win. Mm-hmm. It, so it's doing things the right way and in a, in a it's sustainable winning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, you both talk about, uh, you know, culture and the people. Uh, and, you know, it's also come with some pretty incredible visionaries, you know, uh, before you. How do you look at innovation today versus maybe uh, looking back over the years, you know, the appetite for risk versus some of the reward coming from well-established companies? You want to jump on that, uh, Kurt, and maybe start from your perspective? So appetite for risk in terms of uh, new innovations, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, here I'm thinking, listening to you guys talk about, uh, you know, what makes you or what has made you successful. Of course, it's the people. Of course, it's the culture. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just thinking it's also because, you know, you've been at the forefront of innovation uh, at different times that has spearheaded that growth. Yeah. And Anthony, uh, We've always kind of had a reputation for quality and innovation. It goes way back to even before it was really our, our family business. Um, the Anthony name was synonymous with uh, innovation in the hydraulic space for a really long time. Um, that's kind of how we've always done it, is uh, always looking for a better way to do something. And I think that's what we're doing right now. Our, we see a pretty big shift coming. This whole electrification push seems to be the real deal this time. Uh, even though it's ta- been talked about for 20 or 30 years. So we're kind of on the hunt for, you know, how that's going to affect lift gates and our appetite to, to take that on is, is larger, I would say, just because of the, the way the wind's blowing there. Absolutely. And, and Tom, how has that affected uh, your business? Well, uh, electrification is just innovation. Innovation first. Uh, well, what's, what's, what I, you know, one thing I love about Peterson is our company has been innovators for a long time. Um, you know, Caterpillar was actually, uh, their first manufacturing plant was in San Leandro, California, where our headquarters is at. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bay area is, you know, the innovation hub of the world for us. And that is our core territory. And what's really great about Peterson is, uh, you know, our founders, Howard Peterson and his brother, Buster, uh, Buster was a self-taught engineering genius. He actually developed uh, during the labor shortage, uh, you know, during you know the late 30s, 40s, 50s. He he 
created new machines for cat and we actually sold the patents to caterpillar on how these machines would work in terms of how to build the california aqueduct and the shasta dam and all the major projects that peterson has been involved from the golden gate bridge to the treasure island these are significant projects that really shaped the landscape of northern california and now what we're doing in oregon so when i came aboard here there was already a history of innovation. I mean, I remember there was this one uh, project we were at where we worked with a major contractor on the Benicia Bridge where there was uh, these, these fish that were being impacted by one of the bridge's uh, retrofit designs for earthquakes. Mm -hmm. That They were pounding the pylons into the bedrock and it was creating shockwaves to kill in the fish. And hmm. the customer worked with us and we developed a bubble curtain. We okay. put these large air compressors on a barge and basically created like a bubbler, like you see in a fish tank that created an insulated air curtain huh. that absorbed the shock waves of the pounding so they can complete the bridge and had minimal impact on the fish. So when you think, when you work in a company where things are possible, then you start thinking about creative ways of solving problems because at the end of the day, the number one thing for our innovation is, is trying to help our customers solve their problems. Absolutely. That's at the key of it, at the, the core of it rather. And it's, um, it's the key to the people that, that you hire too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you're, you're looking for problem solvers, not, not folks that are just um, out there checking boxes. And, it, you know, I think that that makes it truly unique as well. In fact, um, our uh, director of business development, Ken Gray, came from Caterpillar and was there uh, one of their first uh, chief innovation uh, directors. Um, so, you know, we've been able to see uh, some of that uh, firsthand as well, in addition to incredible engineering that goes into some of these uh, projects. And, and with that, you know, um, partnerships plays a big role uh, in, in the success of a company as well, making sure that you're, you know, partnering with the right, uh, companies that share values that share, you know, common goals and are looking at the future similarly. Um, you know, I'll start with you, Tom, how do you go about identifying the right partnerships, uh, as you, you know, look to expand your reach and, and your scope of work? Well, I mean, the, what's, what's great about America is there's no, into the what you can do here right i yeah. mean as long as you're following <laughs> the basic rules and while there seems to be a lot of them there's still tremendous freedom uh to do things so what we look for a partnership is someone you can trust so who's been around who when you look in their eyes and you hear their words you know that they are filled with integrity and will follow through, right? So trust is the foundation of every business relationship. And going around with Anthony, so the first part is, you know, I, if I don't trust you, we don't trust you, we had bad dealings or we did, felt like there was an issue, those are non-starting conversations. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You just don't even, you just don't even, you, don't even engage. 
but the, guess what? You know, what's also great about the United States is there's lots of people that have integrity and lots of people that have, uh, do that. So uh, what makes, Ant, what, what, you know, one thing we look for and what we saw in Anthony was, guess what? There's a, there's a there there in terms of who they are, what they stand for, the products they build, and their, um, I would say, the openness and transparency of the conversations we have in terms of how do we make, how, how do we make it work for both of us? Mm-hmm. And so rather than uh, sort of keeping like a hands-off, a distance thing about saying, well, you know, I'm not going to show you my cards, that just slows down partnerships. You know, I, I go in and I and talking to the, the Walker family and going in there, it's like, hey, here's what we're up against. Here's what we need and here's what we can do. Does it work for you? And we have conversations back and forth without thinking that uh, I can't win unless Anthony wins. Right. And I feel that Anthony has the same view with Peterson. They can't win unless we win. And when you start enrolling customers into this equation, which is how can, how can any business, especially a business like ours and Anthony's, there's only a certain amount of truck dealers. They're getting smaller every year, right? There's they're getting larger and larger. How can you not treat people fantastic? You have to treat people amazing yep. because um, they're going to be, they'll buy from you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And that's where, that's where business becomes fun. That's where business is fun, not work. Right. Well, that's what they say, right? You do business with people, you know, like, yeah. and trust. And I, I love the Walker family. I love going and visiting them and talking to them. It is not like, to me, it's not like, oh, I got to have a vendor visit. I don't, a vendor visit. That sounds like some, that sounds like a, a transaction. I'm right. not interested in transaction. I'm interested in long-term relationships. That's great. Appreciate that. Well, and so Kurt, what are, you know, you go through a similar vetting process. Tell us a little bit about how, you know, you look at partnerships and what that's meant uh, to Anthony. No, I, I would echo the exact same sentiment. Uh, we've had a, a great working relationship with Peterson. And I think we look for the same thing um, when we were initially talking to the Rise folks. And uh, I think we, we have the same level of uh, trust with both. So, you know, with, with uh, your partnership with, with Rise, of course, you know, we, it is um, it also mutually beneficial. And I would say from our perspective, echoing what Tom said, if, if uh, Anthony Liftgates is successful, that means Rise is successful. How does um, your approach uh, to this partnership, how does that translate um, to success with, you know, partnerships with, with a company like uh, Peterson? Yeah. Um... Pretty early on, uh, Rise has been pretty adamant about saying uh, we don't win unless Anthony wins, and they've been very clear about that. Uh, obviously, there's there's other customers they're getting involved with, but uh, they stay laser focused on getting our product to market, uh, and we we do as well. And what that will ultimately translate to is is our ability to benefit our customers by by delivering a better lift gate. So it it plays right through. Uh, to, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Partner relationship. 
Um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to, you know, think, think through that with you. And I think, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of benefit to both sides, you know, especially, uh, you know, Tom, to your point, you're putting, you know, your heads together to, to see success, you know, you, you're trying not to leave the cards uh, close to the vest because by, by leaving your ACE, <laughs> you know, sometimes you miss out on opportunities to, to go deeper and wider in sales and marketing. Um, as you, as you go about, um, you know, looking at the way in which the partnerships may um, aid in your success and innovation, you know, how do you go about looking at uh, the sales and marketing, you, you know, as you, as you bring on new uh, product lines and, and uh, put new uh, products out there? Well, um, you know, as a distributor of the products, we, uh, you know, we partner with manufacturers that we believe are going to create and have a sustainable pipeline of products that meet our customers' needs. Um, and in the Bay Area and Portland and you know the places in between, we go from everything from having dense inner city deliveries like San Francisco or downtown Portland to wide open country and logging country in Central Oregon. Hmm. So our challenge on this is trying to keep our my, my team to understand and share with us what the customers are up against in terms of trying to do their job. So the thing that we, um, like one thing that we've done is, you know, with Navistar in terms of how do we align with the manufacturer, like Navistar has come out with this uh, thing called on-command connection, which basically think of it as uh, like the version of GM OnStar. Yeah, you ever seen that? Where we're starting to uh, call up customers and bring in the parts before they know something's wrong with the truck. So just based on algorithms going on in terms of the you know how the transmission sensors are talking to the engine sensors and with big data crunching, being able to go out there and say, okay, within the next three months, six months, there's a 70% chance that this is going to be a problem. Sure. And so rather than wait for it to be a problem, like show up at the dealership and your truck's broken, we're going out there and say, let's make sure we have the parts here because that customer can't get down. That customer has to be up and running. So one of the things that I would say originally, when I saw Anthony on, it was like, you know, the whole thing about their innovation their history of innovation which mirrored peterson's history of innovation that that our combined abilities to go out and meet customer requirements that are that continue to evolve um you can't just add that to a company it has to it's part of the dna of a company sure yeah like the fat the fabric of their being right i mean you know, yeah. the, the attentiveness and the ability to listen to customers and actually uh, put that into something. And in our dealer principal, you know, he talks about, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And it's a it's really about a mindset about how do we get better? How do we get stronger? How do we get faster? How do we just how do we make things better for each of the stakeholders? And that includes the community and our customers and our partners. Now, do you do joint uh, venture stuff like, uh, you know, joint marketing efforts with, with say, Navistar or others, yeah. or 
Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, how do you, um, how do you go about uh, some of that, um, you know, planning and execution and strategy? Well, part of it is just what we're trying to do with uh, like, here's a mutual customer. Cause I know uh, like, you know, uh, Goodwill industries out in the Bay area, they run Anthony lift gates with our, you know, they run through our company uh, mm -hmm. ideally. And one thing we do, you know, I, I, I always worried about, you know, the people just having, you know, customer empathy. I, I think that's central to understanding what we have to do to align and get better for our customers is truly understand what they're up against. Mm -hmm. And so when we started meeting some of these nonprofits, like I met uh, Mimi Silbert from Delancey Street Foundation, who runs an incredible organization that is now in multiple parts of the U.S., where they basically take people off the street and teach them job skills while giving them room and board and medical care. And it's just there's just some amazingly incredible things. And guess what? The story hardly ever gets told. You're only told about how ain't it awful every day on right. news. Right. So, but there's Not a lot a, of success stories that follow there, that up. There's a, well, because guess what? People are like, well, that sounds good. I want to know how I'm going to die tomorrow. Right. Um, <laughs> so the issue becomes on this is when we folk, like we've looked at nonprofits and I'm there going, boy, they don't have the, the strongest negotiators on the block. And my challenge on it, you know, at least from doing right by the community is focusing on why aren't they getting our best deal? Mm -hmm. So I actually go back to, you know, whether it's Anthony or Navistar or whatever, and say, is that your best deal for these nonprofits? Because when you're dead and you're at St. Peter's Gates, are you going to, uh, you want uh, St. Peter to look at your ledger and say, okay, you charge nonprofits, not your best deal. What kind of human being are you? And uh, to me, I want us to be able to say we're doing good. And it also helps our employees realize we're, do we're a good company doing good things. And that partnership of aligning about what our interests are, what our goals are, how we do business, and making sure that we don't put undue risk of expectations on Anthony. Like, you know, we're sharing like, here's what we need um, so that everyone can plan. Um, it's about making, I would say the benefit is about making sure that we both win and that the decisions we make impact not only companies, uh, companies' futures, but people's lives. Yeah. Now, Kurt, do you have any, anything you wanted to add to that or, or echo? Uh, just that, that we share the same sentiment. Uh, we, we do like to just do right by our customers. That's uh, when, when a customer comes to us with a request, um, I really like to be able to say, yes, we can do that. It frustrates me when we can't. And uh, I think that mindset, I, I try to maintain it as much as I can uh, to, to keep the company moving forward. And I want to share something that uh, when we were starting this, um, you know, I would say deepening our, our partnership over the, uh, over the last few years. We had it. Uh, we actually, you know, stepped up on Anthony's behalf and advocated for uh, one of our uh, uh, brethren down in another part of the state 
to order Anthony Liftgates as part of a customer we, we both shared. Mm-hmm. And that they were a little bit unsure because, you know, guess what? It's about trust. It's all about trust. Yep. And they trusted us and they, they acquiesced and they did it and they had problems. <laughs> and, the, and the customer called us up and our, the, our friend called us up and said, hey, you know, this is this and this isn't working and I shouldn't have done this. And I didn't even have what was amazing is I didn't even have to ask. And Anthony flew down on their own dime, looked at it, and we then realized it wasn't their gate at all. It was how it was installed. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was an installation error, not a not a product error. Sure. And, and the best part is, and here's the thing: this is uh, where Anthony uh, earned extra kudos. You know, they didn't come back to me and said, "I, I got a thousand dollar flight. How do you right. want to?" Pay? Yeah. It was just like that because they took one for the team. I so appreciated that level of service and speed. It's not like I had to talk them into it. They volunteered. Yeah. And we're on the plane. I'm like, holy cow, what? How? And when I look back, I'm there going, that just gives me more faith and trust in them. Great. That's how we try to do business. <laughs> well, and that's how we try to do business. And, and hopefully that bubbles up to, to you, uh, you know, Kurt, and then through to you, Thomas, as we, you know, continue down this path to, to work together as well. Um, so tell me, guys, uh, what's next? What's on the horizon for uh, Peterson and, and Anthony? Well, I'll, I'll just start this one because it's going to absolutely affect uh, Anthony. And I'm very excited about what that would look like. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of an electric vehicle, uh, <laughs> but there's there's a counterpart called an electric truck. Yeah. So we have three electric trucks coming in to California and Oregon in the next 120 days. And there's also going to, they'll be our demo vehicles. What's interesting is Navistar's actually has the capacity to build and sell these trucks in 2022. This isn't a next year project. It is a this year project. Yep. And we're at the hub in the Bay area in terms of charging stations and that kind of stuff where what where we have to do is um, this is, this is going to be a, a, a case study in terms of how um, technology rolls out. Cause right now, if you just go off of the economics, the economics aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. They will be there. They'll be there on two ways. One, the cost of, of running diesel trucks is going to continue to increase as fuel costs increase and also as sort of the uh, expectations of lower emissions and NOx and, and other things that are set forth by CARB and the EPA are going to drive uh, diesel costs higher. So what's going to happen is as, you know, Trayton, which is uh, owns Navistar, which is, you know, basically runs international trucks as they're building, you know, battery plants in Europe. I mean, this is as 
75%, I, I may have my numbers off, but I think 75% of the uh, medium duty trucks in California are going to be electric by 2035. That's, that's a, awesome. uh, yeah, that's unbelievably uh, aggressive and um, it's going to be incredible because right now they go about 130 miles. The challenge is, you know, everyone I talked to said, do you think that these trucks will be limited to 130 miles five years from now? And no one says, no, they're going to be longer. Yeah. And what about the battery? Is it going to take two hours to charge a battery? No, it's going to be shorter. Yeah. So you just look at that. That's the American spirit, right? Yeah. Which is, we don't know how to do it, but everyone knows that we'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, that's what, one of the cool things about being here is that, you know, that's, you know, constantly surrounded by a team of people that you, you never take no for an answer and have, you know, have, have been at this for, for literally years to figure it out. Yeah. And so the, the, the thing that I think is part of the American spirit is definitely very, very strong. I would say within Peterson, Anthony, the Bay Area and others like Rise is the whole thing of. We can't do it yet. And it's those three little letters, Y-E-T, that is, that is the genesis of innovation. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not today, uh, tomorrow. So right. just having that mindset, because it, guess what? If you don't think it's going to happen, it'll never happen. Right. And you're going to be run over by the economy. Well, it doesn't, uh, Elon Musk says, uh, you know, take your 10 year plan and see if you can do it in six months. Even if you can't, you're way lot for, you know, you're, you're significantly further along than if you had said you're going to do it in 10 years. Yeah. And, and that's the, uh, that's the challenge, right? So what do people fear? People fear the unknown. And so that stops people from taking any steps. Who's going to get run over the people that don't get out of the way. Mm -hmm. The, the people who make things happen, those are going to ones who are going to shape the future. The ones that are like, oh, I don't know, and they become nervous Nellies and steady Eddies. Well, um, I'm sorry, capitalism works. Yeah. Kurt, what is uh, on the horizon for Anthony Liftgates? Um, this Rise project is honestly front of mind for me. We've got some other cool stuff going on, but... Uh... I'm excited about this and it goes right in line with what uh, Tom was saying about electric vehicles. We didn't start this project with EVs specifically in mind, but the more we learn about how quickly that seems to be coming, it just seems like it's that much better because yep. this thing's great on a diesel truck, but it's like a, it's a, it's a no brainer on an electric truck to try to extend the range of it. So that's what we're excited about right now. I need three. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> not today, tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, I, I'm really, uh, really thankful to have had you on and uh, Tom get, to get to meet you and get to uh, hang out with you today. Kurt, uh, you're our first, uh, our, you're our only, uh, I think you're our only two-time guest. So thank you for uh, joining me today as well. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Rise Inside podcast presented by Rise Robotics. On behalf of our guest today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our LinkedIn page, linkedin.com slash company slash rise dash robotics.